Good morning. On September 30th, 1988, Henry E. Ryan, known as Ricky, left a party by the Shenandoah River in West Virginia to go pick up some more beer and was never seen alive again. 30 years later, the trial for his murder has begun. For Wednesday, April 18th, it's your Loudon Now Morning Minute. You and thousands of other people listen to the Morning Minute every day. It's trusted, it's personal, and you take it with you wherever you go. So if you've got a business, why not advertise on the Morning Minute and reach the thousands of people listening right alongside you wherever they are. Get in touch at loudonnow.com advertise or email us at sales at loudonnow.com. That's loudonnow.com advertise or sales at loudonnow.com. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rince Green. The murder trial has begun and the death of a man from West Virginia 30 years ago. Henry E. Ryan, or Ricky Ryan, was last seen in 1998 leaving a roadside pull-off along the Shenandoah River in West Virginia. He was 29 years old at the time. A man who was with him that night, Timothy W. Warnick, has been charged with first-degree murder and robbery in Ryan's death. Assistant Commonwealth's attorney Jason Faw told the jury that they will be hearing from multiple witnesses who were with Ryan and Warnick the night of Ryan's death. He said Ryan was out for a night of drinking and smoking marijuana laced with PCP that he'd picked up earlier in Washington, D.C. to sell at the party. He also told them that Warnick had been released from jail earlier in the day and had hitchhiked to the party. Later, he, Ryan, and a third unknown man drove to the store to get more beer. Faw said witnesses at the store remember seeing the three get back into the truck, but Ryan was never seen alive again. Faw said Warnick came back to the party covered in dirt and with green to sell. Defense attorney Renee Berard said Warnick separated from Ryan before Ryan's death. She said he got out of the truck to visit an apartment complex, hoping to hook up with an old flame. When he came back, the truck and Ryan were gone. She also told the jury Ryan's autopsy showed he had 19 times the legal standard for intoxication of PCP in his body, and she said she has witnesses who will say he had to be carried to the truck. And several pieces of evidence, like witnesses' recorded interviews with police at the time, have been lost or destroyed over the years. She said a pill bottle with Warnick's name on it had been strategically placed in Ryan's hand after his body was found. Apparently, he had a pill bottle with Warnick's name in his hand. Yesterday morning, prosecutors called their first witness, Chris Jewell of Shenandale, West Virginia. Jewell found Ryan's body five and a half months after he disappeared in a shallow grave off Route 9 in Loudoun County near the state line. Jewell said he pulled his car over because he had to go to the bathroom. After relieving himself, he noticed blue jeans beneath the dirt that seemed to have something in them. He made an anonymous call to law enforcement who dug the body up the next day. The autopsy concluded Ryan had been killed by blunt force trauma. The jury trial is expected to last into next week. If convicted, Warnick faces a sentence of 20 years to life in prison. Go to loudonnow.com slash morning minute to check out the whole story. In other news, county supervisors are working their way toward requiring that the owners of short-term residential rentals, things like Airbnb, register with the county. 
They are writing an ordinance that will require rental owners to register with the government annually. Those owners are beholden to the same taxes and laws as other hospitality businesses, but the lack of oversight has county officials worried that those rentals may not be meeting their tax or safety obligations. Visit Loudon, a nonprofit that serves as the county's tourism arm, has advocated for the registry. Supervisor Ron Meyer lashed out at Visit Loudon at a public hearing last week, saying Visit Loudon has a conflict of interest. One of the taxes some short-term residential rental owners pay is the transient occupancy tax, which is basically a tax on nights in visitor lodgings like hotels and so forth. A portion of that tax goes to Visit Loudon, and it makes up the majority of Visit Loudon's budget. In exchange, the nonprofit acts as the county's tourism arm, developing its strategic business plan as a destination, promoting it as a location domestically and abroad, and helping attract and facilitate business deals for Loudon. Meyer argued that because Visit Loudon receives funding from the transient occupancy tax, it has a conflict of interest, and that Visit Loudon CEO Beth Erickson's involvement was unethical and possibly unlawful. This drew rebukes from other supervisors. Supervisor Matt Letourneau pointed to the Memorandum of Understanding between the county and Visit Loudon, which the supervisors unanimously approved in 2016 during this board's term. That contract provides that Visit Loudon will, quote, represent the tourism industry to policymakers and provide tourism perspective and recommendations regarding land use and zoning, funding opportunities, and other legislative issues that directly impact the tourism industry, end quote. It also holds that the nonprofit will function as a referral agency on tourism issues. Board Vice Chairman Ralph Bona said Meyer was out of line and that he was throwing out accusations to grandstand. Supervisor Gary Higgins called the accusations ridiculous. And when Supervisor Tony Buffington asked County Attorney Leo Rogers about the law, Rogers advised the board that Visit Loudon's involvement is not an issue under the Conflict of Interest Act. Anyway, the proposed ordinance would require a free annual registration with a penalty of $500 for renting out a property without registering, up to $5,000 total. Supervisors are expected to vote on the new regulation at their meeting May 1st. The last segment of Leesburg's long-awaited Battlefield Parkway opened to traffic this week. The link between Evergreen Mills Road and South King Street marks the end of a three-decade process. The parkway now provides continuous access around the east side of Leesburg from North King Street around to South King Street. With all those missing links filled in, attention now turns to funding interchanges along Battlefield Parkway at some of the intersections to ease congestion. And after it came to light that special education students have been disciplined by locking them in isolation for hours at a time, the school board is working toward creating an ad hoc committee on special education services. School Board Chairman Jeff Morse originally suggested creating the panel of school board members, school staff, and parents to review policies, practices, and procedures. In total, there would be 17 voting members, three school board members, six members of the school staff, three parents, one member of the Gifted Advisory Committee, one member from the Minority Student Achievement Advisory Committee, one member from the Special Education Advisory Committee, and two past chairpersons or vice chairpersons from that same Special Education Committee. The school board will vote on this April 24th. Get the full story on this and all these stories over at loudonnow.com. On today's calendar, tonight is the Lovettsville Mayoral Candidates Forum. We've organized and will moderate the forum between the two candidates, Chris Consol and Nate Fontaine. The Town Council Candidates Forum over the weekend went pretty well, and there were six people at the table for that one, so this one 
with two people should go pretty well also. It's at 7 p.m. at the former Baptist Church at 3 Berlin Pike. You can also watch it. We'll probably be streaming it on our Facebook page. Get the details on this event and check out the rest of the event's calendar at getoutloudon.com. And if you like the Morning Minute, have you ever seen the pictures of people who carve like sculptures and stuff into the lead of a pencil? Well, I was going to tell you to do that and carve a message for all your friends to tell them how great the podcast is, but it'd probably be too small for them to see. So just tell your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and it'll be waiting for you there every morning. Okay, have a great day.